You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to this Friday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we talk about the Indiana Pacers five days a week. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show, Tony East, with the West Indianapolis Community News and over at 8.9 seconds. And today, it's just me. No mailbag stuff going on. Back to your regularly scheduled programming as the All-Star break is finally, finally over. I know I was jealous uh, watching all the other teams play last night while the Pacers still had one more night to go. But they're finally back tonight against the Washington Wizards. I'm so sorry. I'm looking too far ahead. They're at home tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans. There we go. And they have a Wizards game tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going to talk about both of those games on the show. And that is, I could just redo the intro, but I'm not going to because I'm in a zone. Uh, but they got the Pelicans tonight at home. They're finally back. Pelicans could look uh, a little different, <laughs> to say the least, depending on uh, how the league assigns them to do this Anthony Davis stuff. Wizards are just in turmoil all the time. Dwight Howard might even. I mean, I don't think he's going to be back, but you know, he's he's doing stuff on the court for them, so they could look a little different. Um, and teams just change if the All Star break. So those will be fun games. But I'm going to start by talking about something else, and then I'm going to do a segment for both games. I'm going to start by talking about the rest of the Pacers' schedule because I kind of looked ahead at it. Uh, you know, and I, I know March is, is actually pretty tough, but uh, I kind of got like hypnotized into the whole like their closing schedule is impossible thing. Uh, and it is hard. Uh, their, their last 24 is, is an unrepresentatively hard sample compared to an entire schedule. But like the rest of February is Pelicans, Timberwolves, Mavericks, Wizards, Pistons. Like, that's that's five of the 24, and two of those were at home. Like, that's not that bad. You can win three of you can win two or three of those pretty easily, uh, Timberwolves and Pelicans being the home games there. You know, you could win, yeah, you could still two or three of those pretty easily, be go, rolling into March with, with a 41 wins locked in. Then you open up March with, with Magic and Bulls. Like, it doesn't really get hard until that stretch where it's Thunder, Nuggets, Blazers, Clippers, Warriors the Nuggets Thunder again, um, and to be fair, that is a completely brutal stretch, but once that stretch, that stretch is it, like, like after that, it's back to the Magic, and the Pistons again, and the Nets, and, you know, you just gotta get through those, like, six games, and two of them are at home, uh, you got the Nuggets in town, and you got the Thunder in town, Paul George coming back, uh, so I, I think we've kind of all collectively, and I'll, I'll even take some heat here, because I did it too, overblown, what we're really looking at going forward because and I mean if even just just I'll just read you the rest of the home games I want to say there's 13 or 11 uh there's a, there's it's not exactly even home and away the rest of the way I'm pretty sure it's more road games um so maybe it's 11 but I'm going to read you the rest of the home opponents okay you got the Pelicans they can win that the Timberwolves they can win that the Magic they can win that the Bulls they should win that the Knicks they should win that the Thunder eh, that's tough but they could win it uh, the the Nuggets, eh, again, tough, but they could win it. The Magic, they should win that. The Pistons, they already have won that. The Celtics, they already have won that. And the Nets, they already have won that. So what was that, two te- two te- games in there that I said, eh, <laughs> you know, they might not win that? Like like the Nuggets and the and the Thunder, and that's it. And you could even say they'll get hyped up for the PG game, and that, that one is, is, you know, more 50-50 than I'm giving credit for. So, like, their home schedule is pretty good. They could win, even if they win... All but one of those. So that was 11. So they get 10 right there. That's 48 wins. Like, 
it's not that crazy the rest of the way. The road games are a little bit tougher. Um, Bucks and 76ers and Blazers and Clippers and Warriors and Nuggets and Celtics and Thunder on the road. Uh, so the road schedule is tougher, but you also have the Hawks on the road and you have the Pistons on the road and the Wizards and you know you can find you got to sneak a few of those in and if you get a few of those those win, those road wins you're you're knocking on the door 50 all of a sudden. So I think I think it's doable. I really do. Um, the wrinkles of the back-to-backs, two, I'm sorry, of the next five games, four of them are in a back-to-back situation. Man, I have the hiccups all of a sudden. This is the worst time for this. Uh, so tonight, tomorrow is one of them, and then Wednesday, Thursday, next week is the other. And then in March, they have a few back-to-backs as well. Uh, the at Portland, at Clippers is a back-to-back, and then uh, at Celtics, home for Magic is a back-to-back. So they do have some tough scheduling quirks in that way, but really... Uh, I, I was inspired to really dig into it because 538 pins them at 50 wins and Ben Gibson decided to write about um, you know all that for 8.9 seconds about how hard their schedule might be and I, I wanted to look into it and I really think that it's not that bad and I think they can do okay I think they could I think 500 is a reasonable expectation for the rest of their year um, given how hard their schedule is and that they're without Vic I think that's fine and tonight they kick that off. So I just wanted to to rant about that, and I want to check myself from saying all the time, because I've been throwing around that they, they have a really hard rest of the way. Um, it's not like so hard. It's just kind of hard. <laughs> um, maybe not even that. It's just moderate, slightly above average. Uh, but with that note, uh, they are going to play the basketball games, and they're going to start that tonight with the Pelicans in town. So let's take a quick break and then chat about the Pelicans, who may or may not have the best player on the court in this game. So Drew Holiday should just like stay when he gets off the bus and live with Aaron until he's traded here. Um, but the, the the Pelicans are hard for me to preview because they did just play um, this month even, and it was a good game. It was a great game. Uh, the Pelicans had quite a few chances uh, to to win that game, but you know Darren Collison hit every clutch shot of his life uh, in that game. And they held on to win. But Anthony Davis didn't play. And now Anthony Davis might play because the league has... It's so confusing, and I'm going to rant about this. So Anthony Davis was not going to play. The Pelicans were going to hold him out the rest of the season because he he's not going to be there long term. So they would A, rather get a look at their guys who might be replacing him internally, and B, not at all risk the chance he gets injured so they could trade him for more. And that's maybe unsporting and unfair to people who want to watch Anthony Davis play basketball. I get why the NBA has taken the stance they have. They're saying, no, you need to play Anthony Davis. But J.R. Smith has sat out like the whole season. And Chandler Parsons, kind of the same in, in the Grizzland. And I know there were like different men. Zach Lowe said they're not perfect comparisons. They're not. You know, the, the, there's, uh, you know, there were medical reasons for J.R. at one point, And the Grizz wanted to put Parsons in the G League, and he wouldn't do that. Like, there's, there's wrinkles that make them not straight up one-to-one. Apples to oranges is the phrase everyone uses. Um, they're straight up not the same, but I mean, it's like, you, you gotta enforce it with everybody, you know, like Parsons, if, if you had said Parsons, you, you know, you gotta do what they're telling you or, or, or something, I'd, I'd feel better about it. But the fact that they're making AD play, um, and I get why they're doing it, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, I like watching Anthony Davis play basketball, but I feel bad that the Pelicans are forced to do what's not best for their franchise. Um, he's a bummer. 
But that makes this interesting because I think it got awkward, you know, uh, over the All-Star break with everyone being like, come on, like, this is ridiculously dumb. And, like, he actually did hurt his shoulder, kind of. He played in the All-Star game, so kind of. Um, in their last game in against the Bulls before the break, uh, by the way, they uh, beat the Bulls pretty handily with Davis missing a lot of that game. They scored 131, so maybe the Pels are going to have a red-hot offense. But um, it, it's dumb that, that, that this situation exists. But it also makes it hard for me, the, the person previewing this game for you, because I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to play because uh, all these smart media people who are plugged in and wouldn't write posts. I mean, they obviously like have their own unique ideas, but like the flow of the league sort of encourages them to write what they're writing and what they're hearing. And a lot of people wrote, hey, this AD thing is ridiculous and he should sit the rest of the year. Mark Stein, I know, um, was the one that I, came to my mind when I was talking about this just now. Uh, but there were others, and I agree. I think if they want to sit Anthony Davis, they should sit Anthony Davis. And the Pacers would benefit greatly from him not playing in this game um, just because he's he would be the best player on the court. And I think Drew might be if he ends up playing, uh, should, should it come to that. Uh, but, you know, he could, you could argue him or Turner. I think it's probably Drew. But if Davis plays, it's clearly them, and then that puts the Pelicans on a higher level. The, the Pelicans beat the Pacers twice last year. They swept them uh they had Cousins and Davis when they were in Indy last year. But still, I mean, that that's a huge swing to go from Davis to no Davis, especially because they made some trade deadline moves. They shipped away Miritich. Um, actually, that might have been their only move. I feel like they made two. But they shipped away Miritich, who didn't play for them last time anyway, but still changes their team up a bit, which, you know, uh, just makes things more interesting for the game. But like, we can actually talk about the game now. So last time these two teams played, I already talked about it a little bit. Uh, Darren Carlson saving the day with his 22 this was their second win in the Sandsvik era, and it was nice to get two in a row. You know, I think it gave the fans and the, the Pacers conglomerate a nice, like, okay, you know what, we, we can do this. Um, but the, the, the standout performance outside of D.C. in that game, if you'll recall, Corey Joseph started. Um, the standout in that game was uh, DeMontis Sabonis with his 16 and 13 off the bench. And I think that's going to be another thing to watch for in this game, right? Sabonis now well-rested. You know, he's got the... You know, he had that tough stretch. He's, he's now going to be able to rest right through that. I'm, I'm assuming he'll come back with some sort of vengeance. Um, Jaleel Okafor had to play 33 minutes for the Pels, and Jaleel Okafor's actually playing better recently. He had 25, 25 and 13 in that game. Specifically, his defense sucks, and his backups are Czech Diallo, and who even knows now? I think Jason Smith's on, on this team. Uh, he's probably their third center. I doubt he'll ever play. Um, so their center rotation is bad, and they have no prayer of stopping Sabonis. Those guys they have, Diallo and Okafor, can rebound pretty well. Sabonis is better at it. Uh, they're both slow. He can kill them with his rolls, and they're just not used to seeing a guy like him. So I anticipate him having another big game. As soon as this comes back, he could lead a, a bench unit run against... Uh, if you Let me read you these names for the Pelicans' second unit last time they played. Tim Frazier, Ian Clark... Pacers great Solomon Hill, Wesley Johnson played less than a minute, and Czech Diallo. That is a terrible, terrible second unit. Um, this Pels team doesn't have a lot going for them, and if Drew doesn't play, I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, I'm recording this on Wednesday, by the way, so if some information comes out Thursday about AD and Drew playing, devastating for the timeliness of this recording. Um, if, if he doesn't play, man, they got nothing. They're starting Frank Jackson, who's a rookie, Jaleel Okafor, who almost was out of the league before this year, Kendrick Williams, a rookie, Darius Miller, exclusively a shooter they're just they have a lot of skilled role players with drew um but they don't have anyone besides drew who can really do anything 
well enough to, to propel them to a win. And all that put together means, to me, if AD doesn't play, there's no way the Pacers lose this game. They won on the road, uh, despite not even playing that well, besides Darren Collins and hitting some timely shots. So uh, I have no reason to think they cannot win at home. They've been playing well the last week. They were a good quarter away from a seven-win streak and beating the Bucks. Um, I, I just don't see why they can't win, especially without Alfred Pay- Payton. He's still on the injury report. Um, he, he didn't play in their Valentine's Day game. He might be back by now, um, but he might not play again, and they're just a weaker team. So uh, Julius Randle's the other guy that might play that didn't last time. But you know we'll have to see. They're a very banged-up team, and, and they're just not very good. So uh, I think the Pacers handily win this one. Uh, t- five points at the minimum, but I'd say closer to ten is what I am envisioning. Um, it'll be a good start for them getting back from the break, especially because they have to go do a back-to-back, which is brutal scheduling, by the way. Hey, uh, here's 10 days off, and then two games immediately right away. Uh, then immediately they have a back-to-back in Washington. So let's talk about that game, which will probably be a little bit tougher. So the Wizards. Um, man, the Wizards just beat the doors off the Pacers the last time these two teams played. Uh, my goodness. I, I don't even know what to say about that game other than, um, wow. I mean, I thought it was the worst performance of the season. Uh, 87, I believe, 89 points that was their lowest, the 91. In the, they scored more in the Cavs game um, that Larry Nance hit the buzzer beater, and then they only scored 91. They played terrible in that game. They played even worse in this game. Uh, they looked so lost. Sumner started. It did not work at all. The bench could get nothing going. Joseph was 0 for 7. Holiday was 2 for 8. Doug McDermott was 4 for 10. Uh, Tyreek and Vic not playing. They just had no shot creation whatsoever, and it showed. And they were horrible. They shot under 40% from the field, under 30% from three. They did okay at the free throw line, but they didn't get there a whole ton. 18's fine. Uh, Just in general, a really, really horrible, horrible performance. Uh, And this is why I was talking about the AD being the best player on the court thing. The Wizards had Beal. He was clearly the best player on the court. Uh, he had 25 on 15 shots, 6 assists, and 6 rebounds the first time these guys played. Sumner could not handle him. Uh, it was his second ever start. It was just way too much for him um, that early in his career. And no one could make anything. It was kind of a lethargic effort. Uh, I don't think they'll be that bad. They figured out more about how to play together now in the Sandsvik era. They have the right starting lineup with Wes Matthews in there and Tyreek on the bench. Uh, everyone's healthy now. Uh, I, I, it'll go much better than last time, but I don't know how the Wizards get worse than 107. Uh, Beal did really well, and a lot of their other guys did not do so well. Uh, you know, Jeff Green was the only guy besides Beal that I was like, wow, he you know blew the doors off of my expectations for how he's going to play. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if the Wiz got up to, to about that 107-110 mark. The Pacers are going to have to find a way to score well, and on a back-to-back, that is always a tough task. Uh, I'm going to look at the starters this time. I think the bench is the key here for the Pels game, but if you look at this Wizards game, I think starters we're going to have to look because you know there's some unique matchups with Sadoransky being super tall at the point guard position. Uh, that's going to that's going to make things harder for Darren Collison, but at the same time, uh, you have a huge mismatch in your favorite center position. Uh, Dwight Howard probably not going to be back. Um, it's going to be close. I think this is this is the 25th of the month. Uh, 24th. There we go. Hey, days are hard. Um, and Dwight said about another month on the 31st, and he's back to being in the gym. So I doubt he plays, and you'll probably see Thomas Bryant starting again for the Wizards, who uh, Miles Turner can stretch out pretty well and, 
and I actually do better than him on the glass. Uh, last time these guys played, Turner was able to to get up nine shots and grab six rebounds, limited TB to only three, and uh, limited him to six points. So uh, that's a good matchup for Turner. They need to abuse that. Uh, the Wiz also shipped away Otto Porter, a guy who uh, is pretty good but didn't play much. He got hurt the last time these two teams played for, for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker, two terrible defensive players. Uh, Portis, I believe, is starting now. For them, that's uh, another nice way for Thad to get some duck-ins and some veteran know-how uh, there. And then Ariza, uh, him and Boyan are kind of opposite players. They kind of neutralize each other. So just beat to death that center matchup. Uh, use Turner a lot in this game. Get him going. Get him some post-All-Star break confidence. That's what I mean by the starters doing well, because if they can find a way to get Turner engaged, I think they can keep themselves in the game, and I think the bench can win this one, because outside of Jeff Green, who did really well the first time these guys played, they don't really have anyone off the bench that that, that scares me into thinking that this game could be tough for the bench unit. And, you know, Jabari Parker, if you'll recall, the, the Bulls tried to stick him on Sabonis, and it did not work at all. I think he will probably be the Wizards at least somewhat backup center because, I mean, they have Mahin Me, but they're trying to not play Mahin Me anymore, and, you know, they got two younger guys for Porter. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again, and Sabonis might uh, himself be able to, to, to take advantage of that and lead a nice bench run. But the, the Wizards are just weird, you know. Uh, the Wizards are notorious for playing to the level of their competition. So even if the Pacers are, like, I mean, I guess last time these two teams played, they didn't really... Um, but no, normally notorious for that, which means in this game, uh, even if the Pacers are coming out a little sluggish because of a back-to-back, there's an opportunity still that they could hang around in this game, mess around, and get a nice back-to-back win coming off the All-Star break, which would be awesome. Um, another thing to look out for, the Wizards are nearly last in rebounding on both ends of the floor. Uh, Sabonis can mop up there, get some extra possessions for the second unit, and they have been playing that. Sabonis turned pairing a little bit more together recently. Uh, I would not be surprised to see that, especially because the Wiz don't really have two traditional centers to like counter it with pretty well. So someone's going to have a mismatch on one end of the floor, um, which will be a fascinating chess match kind of thing to watch. Ultimately, though, back-to-backs, uh, I hate them. I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. I think it's ridiculous that the NBA like allows teams to have double digits of these games where uh, one of the teams is worse, and it actively impacts the results, and it actively impacts the product you're putting on the court. Um, especially when both teams are on a back-to-back, then it's like, man, do you even care? Um, and I hate it. But I'll sit through it because I like watching the Pacers play basketball. And I think the Wizards are going to win. Uh, I don't know why, but something about the way the Wizards played last time like stuck with me. You know, and it, they, were, they were forcing some misses. The Pacers just didn't look ready. And maybe that anecdote will help them. They'll say, okay, we need to beat the bleep out of these guys because they smoked us last time. Um but there's something about that game stuck with me in a way that's like the Wizards have something figured out to playing this Pacers team without Vic. And hopefully Tyreek being there and Wes being there will change everything. But I just don't get a warm and cozy feeling for this one, especially with the back-to-back. So I'll take a small Wizards win here. Um, but I am wrong a lot more than I am right when I do these game predictions, amazingly. So we'll find out the hard way. But that's all we got for the return of the solo show, Locked on Pacers podcast. Adam will recap all the action from these games on Sunday. So stay tuned for that. Um, hope you guys enjoyed all the mailbags. And uh, thank you for, for chiming in on Twitter. I asked if anyone would like a shirt, and a few people spoke up and said yes, they would. Um, amazingly, the day I asked that question, we get some news that uh, suggests we should hold off on the shirt thing for just a bit. Uh, you guys will find out about that, though, in due time, and we could still do the shirts at that point. So just stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day and weekend.